Hi, how the help are you? If you're here, it's not by accident. I know, you really want to live and help live. And that's exactly what you and I are about to do. Her hair is curly, her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes with Dahlia. So you know how I keep saying, let's make good things happen, and you're probably thinking, sure, yeah, cool, or this woman is living in a dream world, but one, you clearly want to be part of that world, you are here, and two, whenever someone tells me I live in a dream world, I swear, I almost fall off my unicorn. And this is exactly what we're getting to today, not my unicorn. He's for another day. The science of kindness, how kindness is contagious, and how you and I will spread it. I already have. You have too. You just don't know it. But together, we're so much better. There's also something in our way. I've been doing this deliberately and strategically for years. I know what's in our way. And I know what we can do. I have lots of examples for you, which we will get to. But I was doing something for you this week. And I have to tell you about it before we get to anything else. As part of this whole dealio here, I make these podcasts. I write columns. People call them newsletters. But I really, I don't like that word. You don't need news. This isn't news. You don't need more information. You need wonder. You, my lovely little blueberry muffin, you need wonder. Like, don't you wonder why I call you a blueberry muffin? But I digress. So I make podcasts. I write. And I make videos for you. Videos. And this is, this is the funniest thing because I initially got into broadcasting thinking that this would be my way into television. This would be my path to TV. And I come from a theater world. I'm a classically trained actor, which mostly means I paid for an education in drama and I get to use the words classically trained because of it. And if you spent that much money and time learning something, you'd use the words classically trained too. I guess they're not as cool as just letters like MD, but whatever. So it was hard when I first started in radio because I'm used to the energy of others. I'm used to working off of it. And you can get that when you have guests in studio. It's my favorite part, really. That's the best part. But when it's just you and a microphone and maybe a producer behind the glass, which you can't see through anyway because you always like to keep the blinds open because you need the light to come in because that's what makes you thrive. And then the sun reflects off of the glass and you can't see that person's face. And so you wonder, did I just say something funny? Did I just say something stupid? What did I say? I don't know. I can't tell. I'm getting no reaction from somebody. Is anybody listening to me? And th- does that even matter? This this isn't like a phone conversation, you can't see anyone. And we're not used to having these conversations because you don't have any social cues when you're talking into a microphone. But it didn't take long before the microphone became this person that I was just talking to. This one person, I have, I have no idea who it is but I could still envision you. 
and it's just you and me and this is so liberating and personal and intimate to have this type of conversation but more than that because you're not just the one listening here I'm listening too I learned something about radio podcasts anything broadcasting anything just sound alone when you can't use all of your senses the ones you're using are amplified if you can't see You hear better, things resonate, things click. Your senses are, I don't know, maybe less watered down. So after a while on air, I became so comfortable sharing stories. I felt like I could just focus better on what I'm trying to communicate. And then there's this this added element of privacy. It's just between you and me. And... I never have to adjust my top so you don't see whatever role I don't want you to see. I never have to uh, adjust my hair. I never have to look a certain way or wonder if you're looking at me a certain way. I can just say words and listen to yours and it makes them so much more impactful that way. Words become feelings and bonds. So I preferred this auditory route over TV and video, even though this is the reason why I went into radio. And then here I am, back in those moving pictures, making a video for you. And I should be excited. But we finished filming. And I look at the footage. And not to make a big deal of this or anything, but I was absolutely horrified. I was horrified. Why? I didn't like how I looked in that video. I'm traveling and I didn't have access to the clothes I wanted to wear, so the clothes weren't right. Well, the angles were also, they were all wrong. My hair is only at 80% poofiness. Seriously, it's more of a landmark than a style. So 80%, I mean, but this isn't a fashion video. This, This is a video about living and helping to live. It's not a soap opera performance. It's not a blockbuster film. It's not a primetime TV show. It's maybe, what, a 60-second fun little flash of light that reinforces things we talk about here. And I went full-on boardroom meeting, catastrophic crisis mode debrief over my appearance that you'd most likely see on a screen that is maybe the size of a hand. And it's the silliest thing when I say these things out loud, especially considering how I see people and wish people saw each other. I'll tell you a story. It will explain this better. There's this woman, Bailey, a colleague from my first host job. She was a reporter at the time. And One day she's talking to me about her body and her struggles with it. And she starts talking about her weight, being overweight. And she lost me. You're overweight? I seriously asked that question out loud. I had been working with Bailey for about two years. Never realized she was overweight. I just saw the face of a person who was genuinely happy to see me, to see anyone, 
It's not always like that in media. Her face always lit up when someone walked into the room. She'd greet them happily in a room where people were trying to, as they'd often say, feed the beast, just get stuff done. And she was kind to me. She was helpful. She was fun, goofy. And then she mentions her weight. And I realized when I look at her through that lens, the one she just gave me, then I saw her body. This is a body I saw regularly, but I didn't see it the way she did until I looked through her lens. And I was surprised. I seriously never realized she was overweight. I mean, I probably did, but I didn't process that as information that I retained to any extent. I didn't look at her and go, oh, look at this person who has excess weight. Boy, my whole day has changed now. Or think about her and say, wow, I I can't go to sleep tonight because my mind just can't stop thinking about Bailey and her weight. Oh boy, that woman's body is really affecting my life. So I asked Bailey if she'd join on my show to talk about this. And here's an interesting thing that came out of it. By that point in my career, I'd spoken with celebrities, government leaders, well-known people. And that conversation with Bailey was one of my most listened to conversations at the station. And I think because so many people related to her, we care a lot about how we look, even when we don't say it, even when we say we don't. And that's okay. You're reacting. I'm reacting. We're reacting appropriately to this inappropriate social construct that we've created and filters. I mean, can you imagine explaining filters to anyone 50 years ago? Yeah, one day you'll take a picture of yourself to remember what you looked like as a young person. But when you're that young person, you'll use technology to alter that image you just captured of that moment. So years later, you could look back at the photo and say, wow, this photo of me sure is beautiful. I wonder what I looked like back then. We don't even know how we look anymore with all of these filters. So maybe we don't care to know how we look, but that's a conversation for another day. But that video, I was really stuck on my appearance when the entire point of it is the message, not my appearance. And so I'm showing my friend the video, right? practically frame by frame and saying how I feel about it. I don't like the angle here. I don't like how I'm positioned. My hair is flat there. Flat. That's like saying the Rockies look flat. Irrational. I know. And saying these things out loud now sounds like I'm, I'm talking about an inanimate piece of architecture and not a person with feelings. It's amazing how we can talk to ourselves like we don't have feelings sometimes, right? I wouldn't be friends with someone who talks to me the way I talked about myself in that video, or I wouldn't be friends with someone who talks to me the way I can talk to myself sometimes. So my friend is listening to me as I'm going through this critique. And 
just looking at me like, are we watching the same video? And he says, I see the angles of the shot. The shot looks good. I see good production. I see a clear message that resonates. And I see you getting that all across. And I really can't tell the difference between when your hair is at 80% or 100% poof. It's a lot of poof. And the same way I never saw over the course of two years how Bailey looked. My friend never saw any of those things I saw in how I looked in that brief little video. And sure, I can justify that there's uh, another factor to my reaction here. I mean, I'm in radio. I've had headshots taken. I've had promo pictures taken. And when they take pictures, it's not just you who stands in front of a camera. It's you with all of these people who are there to judge you and sell you like a product and fix every little thing about your appearance to make you look like you should, which doesn't necessarily look like you, like you feel comfortable, like you want to look. And I never liked any of those pictures that everyone had so much control over because they were creating a person that wasn't necessarily the person that I saw or wanted to see. I mean, right down to a little necklace. And that wasn't even my necklace. I only wear jewelry that has some sort of meaning to me. It just wasn't me. And then... When you put yourself out there for good or bad, you can become a target. And I've been in the spotlight, enough of a spotlight that I can be a target. And when I first started in radio, you'd think, okay, well, this is radio. You can look however you want. No one sees you. Except this is all within the world of social media now. And people look to find you. So when I started and I'd have a bad show, Rather than say, Dahlia's show's bad, which would have been a fair comment, people would attack my appearance. Whether my body, my hair, my height, and by the by, I'm not short, I'm concentrated, but they'd attack me. A voice on the radio who maybe wasn't that great a host. People tore apart my physical appearance. And then I started improving. So what do you think happens? People started complimenting, not the show, but my physical appearance. We've lost our words. This world is so accustomed to this idea of beautification. Every product for anything, whether living or inanimate, is about taking away that person or, or that object's positives, its beauty, whether inner or outer, and selling that back to them to make them even better. And everything somehow has to be tied to this idea of beautification. How can we beautify this? How can we make this look better? We, we even do this to our children. People say these sorts of things to kids all the time. 
Oh, look. Look how tall you've become, Tommy. Aw, Madison, look at you in your beautiful dress. Does anybody tell Tommy about, I don't know, like how kind he is, how big his heart is, how, how much his compassion has grown, how he's learning empathy and how to understand others? Does anyone say that to Madison? We teach kids arithmetic and writing and spelling and history and all of these things in school that are so very important, but why don't we teach compassion? Why don't we teach kindness? You know what? I'm going to give you homework right now. Yes, I will. I just thought of this. I want you to compliment someone this week without a compliment that has to do with their physical appearance. Everyone you compliment this week. Yes, your homework just got harder. Everyone, everyone you compliment this week, you have to compliment with something that has nothing to do with physical appearance, including yourself. Yeah, now I just made it triple hard. It's difficult. And you'll see it's difficult, but watch how the person reacts. Now, I said I'd also get to the science of kindness and what in the world does all of this have to do with the science of kindness and what the heck is the science of kindness? And I've told you before, this isn't from the Dahlia National Research Institute of Dahlia Research. This is real deal scientific stuff. It's called swarming. The birds do it. The bees do it. And it's not about doing it. Birds, bees, they work together in unison, in harmony, as a community, without talking, without giving each other instructions as to what they need and how to get it done. And this is how they intuitively help each other. It's kind of like, you know, when you see a stranger holding the door open for you at whatever building and they have to wait on you but they're holding it anyway and then you get through the door but there's somebody behind you they're a bit far and you have to hold the door a little bit longer for them but that person ahead of you just held the door extra long for you right so now you're holding the door a little longer for that person who's coming from behind you. And then that keeps happening. And so on. Kindness is contagious. Now, I can tell you the big stories of kindness and the good things that have happened in all of my years doing this. But today, I thought that some little ones would be very important because their significance is really big. So 79-year-old Margaret Barbara calls into my show. It took her a few tries because she says she's disabled and has tremors. Dialing is difficult. I need help. I don't know what I need, she says. So we go on to have a conversation live on air. She has beaten cancer three times. Still, this is the hardest thing she's ever had to go through, the pandemic. She doesn't have anyone to take care of her. Within minutes, I had too many people offering their help. Too many. Another woman calls into the show. She's taking care of her 100-year-old mother. She needs a very specific bandage for an ailment on her foot. Within 60 seconds, I have a medical professional offering his help. 
a man calls. The pandemic has been his rock bottom. He's just gotten through university. He suddenly found himself without money or hope. He reaches out. A few minutes later, I have people reaching out to him. Or Barb. Barb calls into the show. It's Easter. She's alone. She doesn't have a computer. Almost no connection to the outside world. I ask if anyone can help. A listener, Donna, goes out and buys a laptop. Donna tells the clerk Barb's story. The clerk gives Donna 50% off. Barb never expected this. I did. Because kindness is contagious. And when Barb called me to say that she received her new computer from Donna, along with a homemade Easter dinner, complete with dessert, she was so surprised. Listeners were surprised when I told them. It's not new to me. Before the pandemic, I I witnessed a lot of good on my show. People helped those in need with things like food, money, remodeling a home. People donated their organs, saved a little girl. The army went in to save a town that would have been wiped off the map from flooding. These are just some of the good things created by broadcasting sounds from people's voices. Kindness isn't new. What's new is how much you crave it. Because after everything we've been through in the past few years, and everything we continue to see, you now see, kindness is the answer. And you know what all of those true stories of kindness, of swarming, have in common? Most of those stories of kindness I just mentioned happened during the most intense part of the pandemic, lockdown. And I'd go in studio for my early morning show without putting on any makeup because guests weren't joining me in the show and it would only be me and maybe two or three other colleagues at work. And I even went into work one time with different colored hair and they didn't even notice until like three weeks later. So I didn't wear makeup so I could sleep an extra few minutes for those early morning shows. Because especially in the early mornings, five minutes, six minutes can make all of the difference in the world. So why does it matter that I went into work without makeup? Because I got a few minutes of extra sleep? No. Because it doesn't matter that I wasn't wearing makeup. All of those good things and more happened and the state of my face did not matter. No one said, oh, I'm going to help this person because Dahlia's lipstick is so pretty and pink. Or, wow, I want to do kindness for a stranger because Dahlia's hair is at a solid 95% poof today. No. How you look does not affect your ability to help people and do good. Rather, how you look at others, that makes all the difference in the world. So yeah, that video that horrified me, I will be posting that video. 
And remember how I said I had nothing to wear because I was traveling and didn't have the right clothes? Well, I was just packing today. And guess what? I had them all along. The right clothes. Right there. Before my eyes. Just missed them. It's very easy to miss what's right in front of you, isn't it? But even without the right clothes, that video turned out exactly the right way. Don't forget, you need to compliment everyone you meet this week without a physical compliment. And compliment yourself too, you capable darling blueberry muffin you. That's my favorite muffin, by the by. That's how much I appreciate you. So, thanks for dropping by the neighboralia. And remember, empowered by you. I'm here because you are. So go ahead, send me a message, find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, at Dahlia Kurtz. Say hi, say help, say whatever you need. I'm Dahlia. Live and help live. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia.